Hey, this is Jordan Sutton, pastor at Clearpath Church. Thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. We appreciate you listening. A little about our community. We love to come together. We love to come to the Lord's table together. Uh, we're a community trying to be led by the Spirit, just walking through Scripture together, walking through life together. If this message is an encouragement to you, bring some hope to your life at the end of the sermon. There'll be a little bit of information about how you can get in touch with us. Stay tuned and thanks for joining. alive out there? Woo. All right. Um, promise wouldn't make a big deal about it, but glad to see Zan and Tiffany here. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I looked up. Tiffany's not sitting there. <laughs> um, hello. <laughs> um, I'm only going to talk directly to you. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in. I got some some lessons for you. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. It's good to be here. Um, I want to give a little bit of thought this morning as to where I think we are as a body. I shared vision a few weeks ago, but I want to kind of refocus and. Not that actually, I feel like focus has been there, but I want to reclarify and rename some of the focus. Um, back in November, we were sitting. Is there any way to pull out this? There's something buzzing. It's like low key bothering my brain. But um, it, back in November, we were feeling that the Lord was leading us to, in January, a time of seeking after Him and praying. And something we were praying about. Thank you, guys. And we were, we were uh, feeling that the Lord was going to lead us in the beginning of the year to a time of seeking Him. And Andrew and I felt very specifically that, and, and I felt very specifically that God was going to take us into a time of fasting. And at that time, Julian Adams, how many of you were there the week Julian Adams was here? The little holler? Yeah, and he gave a word to church that um, that God was calling us to return to first love and to the things that we had done at first. And it was kind of coming at a pivotal time because Andrew and I were experiencing personal time of renewal, personal time of seeking the Lord, and also just feeling that God was wanting to bring our community into a greater things. And so that word was very clarifying, very key and poignant for the time that we were in, and and so we started praying about fasting, and as we closed the year, we felt that the Lord, uh, we've kind of, uh, Zane and I and Andrea over the last number of years uh, have kind of, like the Lord has given us kind of a word that would thematically focus our year, and when the typical time that we do that is around November, we didn't really feel a release on anything, and towards the end of the year, I called 
um, as I've shared a couple times, I called um, Andrea and Zane, and I was like, I feel like this, this, the Lord was stirring me about this word fire. And so we just started praying, and I started praying that God would, I want prayer, that God would fill this community with the fire of His Spirit. Um, at, at, it's, it is the, it's the word that John the Baptist, uh, in, the, in the final closing chapter of the prophetic tradition of the Old Covenant, declares the Messiah, I am the one who baptizes with water, one is coming who will baptize in spirit and in fire. Jesus then restates those words at the, in Acts 1 before he goes, and he asks them to wait upon him. And so it is, I, I want to keep saying this, because I think we miss the, uh, the preeminence of it in the announcement of Jesus. It is the, it is the word that announces the differentiation between the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of what had come to that point. Um, is that there is forgiveness. Um, there were people forgiven before Jesus. That happened. Like, like Jesus forgave people before the, the cross and resurrection multiple times. But what um, John the Baptist says is, this is a for, just, I give you a baptism, baptism of water, forgiveness, but he is coming who will give you a baptism of fire. And as we've talked about, fire purifies, it remakes, it empowers. And so in response to that, um, the last few weeks have been a time of prayer and fasting. And, you know, it's like a fasting, like I can't remember a couple people were like, well, what are we fasting for? And I'm like, well, I'm just fasting to feast on the Lord to see us and just to, to grow closer to him. Give me a little, little light shout if you fasted with us sometime during this time. Hello? Yeah, a number of us. Um, and um, it's been a really good time. How many of you also, will shout if you praying a little more with us since the time? Yeah, it's good. Um, I want to encourage you to do this. I felt this is a really key time that the Lord wants us to, He wants people to write down testimonies. Um, how many of you have had, like, and I've heard a number, but have you had a reasonable answer to prayer in the last few weeks? Like, I know, I know I've heard different stories. So um, I would encourage you, as much as you can, to write down testimonies. Let me just tell you one. Um, at the beginning of this time, I, I'm praying for God to, to bring fire, fresh fire in our family, in our community, in my own life. And I was sitting at Josh and Danny Tomko's house here this morning, um, at some function, you know, and and uh, I'm I had felt in my heart um, that like I've had this for a number of years, but in the last couple months there was something in my heart that I'm like I want to get prayed for. I want to get prayed over by Heidi Baker. How many of you have heard of Heidi Baker? And it was just in my heart like I want this woman to pray over my family, not just me, and. So I'm like, she, she kind of runs a ministry that they don't ask for money, and she doesn't tell anyone anywhere she's going. So you, she has no itinerary, no schedule. They never, it's like principle, their entire 34 years, 50 years history, it's ministry, they've never asked for a dime. It's just like everything that God does, brings, he brings. And when we go, we don't make a deal about it. That's just their way of doing things. And so I was trying to figure out, is there any way I can figure out that she's in an event in Texas? I'll go drive five hours. Or I was like looking at other states, you know, just trying to search, and I could not find anything. And so I was just like, whatever. I give up. I, I look up from my phone, 
And it's standing in front of me is Josh and Dane's friend who works for Heidi Baker. Like, and I'm like, okay. And uh, so I text, I'm like talking to her. She was like, yeah. She was like, she doesn't give her schedule to anybody, only her assistant. I was like, okay, well, that doesn't help me. And so I texted my buddy who actually runs her ministry. And he's like, I don't even have her schedule. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's intense. Um, and so I was like, hey, if this ever works out that this could happen, he was like, I guess I'll let you know if I know. And, and so on, on the, the last day of our, one of the last couple days of our fast as a church, I get a call from my buddy, Will. He's like, I, don't, I didn't know that she was coming to Texas, but I want to invite you. And um, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this, but he's like, I want you the first on our list. We are opening up a trip for for people that have been friends of our ministry for a long time. Um, Heidi's taking people to Israel to be able to worship and pray. And we want a few people to be able to spend some time with her in worship and prayer. And I want you to be on that trip. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Let me, and then he's like, and secondly, I didn't know she was coming. She's going to be in Texas next week and I'm going to try to get you some time with her. And so, I mean, just like, I could tell you like story after story over the last few weeks, but like I can't make that up. Like I'm sitting here like looking at Google and I look up and somebody's standing there. And um, and so I just want to encourage you, like it's a time to write down testimonies. And I've I've been saying this scripture over and over again, but Hebrews eleven six it says, but, but without faith it is impossible to please him. One of my biggest prayers in this time has been, God, fill me full of faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. I just, I want to say this, like, I probably say this a hundred times this year. Must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I just, I feel like we need to get this in our minds. That, the, that the, for the writer of Hebrews, the, the sequentially, like, second thing, first is you must believe that he exists. Like, that's the faith. You must, must believe it exists. And the second thing is that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I just want that to, like, elevate into our minds the degree in which God wants us to see him as a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, and so I just believe that that is, that, like, God is calling our community not into just a 21-day season of fasting and prayer, but, in, but as a community, he's calling us to be a church that prays. And so while we have been fasting, like for the month of February, we're going to be feasting and, and praying. And so we're going to be still praying a couple times a week. In just a minute, I'm going to show a schedule. Actually, why don't we just go ahead and pull it up? Do, did Andrea get that? Okay, perfect. Okay, so we have a number of things that are happening. We are going to continue with an emphasis on prayer. This will be sent out an email if you want to take. See Susanna taking a picture. If you want to take a picture, you can. Um, but uh, we will be having for all the weeks of February. We will be having prayer on Wednesdays at noon and on here at the church, and on Fridays at the Sutton's house, seven o'clock. I, I guess at our house, I should, speaking in third person there. Um, and it's been really powerful. Um, 
we, we, uh, this last time we got to worship and, and to pray um, on Friday night. And so I just want to invite you to come as a community. We are not letting up on prayer after this fasting. Like it is like the time to like lean into, into prayer. And so just go with us on this prayer journey, okay? And we're going to be doing that. And just to give you a little bit of understanding, the way that we're approaching prayer, we're going to be praying for some of the same things in noon and Friday. But the way we're approaching the noontime prayer is more, a little bit more contemplative, a little bit more reflective. Um, we'll pray for some of the same things. But Friday night, we're trying to engage everybody a little bit more in intercessory prayer. Both of them will happen at both times. It's just a little bit different posture. The noon prayer is going to be more like 45 minutes to an hour. The, the Friday night will be an hour to hour, 20 minutes. It's, you know, we're a little bit more flexibility on that. <clears throat> and so, but we would like you to be a part of those. Those will be happening throughout this entire month. And I really hope that you come. At, at the end of this time, this transitions us towards what the, the rhythms that we've done in our community the last number of years, which is we come together in house church, and when we host house church, we gather that around Lent. And for those of you that may be new here, the reason we, that we gather around Lent is for a number of reasons, but one of the really important ones is it helps us to retell some key foundational stories of Jesus to ourselves and to our community every year, um, as we lead up to Easter. Um, one of the things that we often do in church, because, you know, pastors like me think so much of our words is and our thoughts, is that we emphasize our ability to make the spiritual life apply to everything in life. But one of the things that's really helpful is rather than actually focusing on how does this apply to my life, is actually just simply telling the story of Jesus to each other and immersing ourselves in who Jesus revealed himself to be. And so during house church, we will, that will begin through Lent, go through Easter, and we'll continue from Easter to Pentecost, which is a three-month time period. And let me just say a little bit about prayer. We have three different house churches with multiple house church leaders this year, one in Garland, one in Rowlett, one that splits East Dallas and Sunnyvale. Uh, and I've already asked all the leaders, I've already told all the ones who are, who are leading that we are going to be um, emphasizing prayer in these groups more than we ever have before. And so we're going to go from, from you know, fasting and prayer to feasting and prayer to community and prayer. I don't know. It's just like we're just trying to let prayer envelop, envelop our community right now. Anybody cool with that? Say amen. And lastly, um, uh, yes, we will have Ash Wednesday prayer service at noon at Clearpath. That will happen February 26th, 22nd. And that will, um, that will be the, pre the, the very beginning of Lent. House Church will begin the week after that, which is the last week of February, first week of March. Andrea's phone number is up there. If you have any questions, if you've not ever been a part of a house church, please text this number, take it down right now, and we will involve you. This is very, for us, essential in integrating into our life and community. Amen? Um, I, uh, 
I believe right now that God is, is he's highlighting intercession in our community, but he's not just looking for intercession. He's looking for intercessors. He's looking for people who are raised up in a life of prayer. And I, I want to bring, what time, somebody shout off the time at me. 11.51. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be 20 minutes then. Let's see if I can do it. Put me on the timer, Chris. Um, but I'm going to read to you from John 4, 27 through 38. It says this. Um, this is Jesus' interaction with the, with the woman at the well. This is probably top. I've preached out of John 4, John 15, probably as much as any chapters in the Bible. Um, John 4, this is, so, so the disciples have gone away. We'll pick up in the story right here. He's been talking to this Samaritan woman who they don't think he should be talking to. And, he, and this is what it says. And at this point, his disciples came and they marveled that he talked with a woman. And no one said, what do you seek? Or why are, they t- why are you talking to her? The woman left and left her water pot and went away to her city and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? When they came out of the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will. I love that. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say, there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. That what that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying it is true, one sows and other reaps. I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. I think that's all I got. Um, let, me, let me just pray for a moment. Lord, I pray that we would see your work in this text. Lord, it's just a few things I want us to see, God. I pray that we would see your work, Lord, and that you would help us to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I'm not going to be able to really unpack this. I think I'm going to do less than 20 minutes. I'm not going to be able to really unpack this, but I want a place to, I want to use it as a place to talk about what I think God is doing currently. Um, I, the reason that we called our community to fast in the first place was that it wasn't it wasn't because it was just like a ubiquitous like you pray and fast in January. Um, we felt our community call we felt God like lead, leading us to fasting and praying specifically. And I'll be honest with you, I was really excited leading up to it because I feel like while I've been following the Lord and pastoring for a long time, I feel like kind of a newbie with fasting. The kind of fasting I've done, I feel like mostly is like the Daniel fast. And every time I do the Daniel fast, I'm like buying like veggie burgers and like lettuce and making something that emulates normal food as closely as possible while not praying anymore at all. And, um, 
How many of you <laughs> do what? <laughs> it's a very holy way to fast. It's like, I'm hungry all the time, and I'm like, Andrew, now these veggie burgers are great, you know? And, um, but uh, I just, it's just not been, I, so I just don't feel like I've, I, so I was really excited because I thought, I, I, God, I feel that you're, you're leading us into this. And, and so I just, um, I love it. At the beginning of Acts 13, um, the church is actually coming together and they're fasting and praying. I want to read to you. It says in, in 2 through 3, just like kind of how God called us, they weren't fasting individually. They were doing it together. It says that they ministered to the Lord and fasted. I know this is a lot of talk about fasting after finishing a fast, but it's okay. Go with it. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on him, they sent them away. And so, like, in there was an environment of in fasting and prayer in community that God started to release a greater sense of, of calling, that he started to release a greater sense of ministry. And, and I really believe that there is a direct connection between praying and fasting as a community and the harvest that God has called us to see. And I, I, just, I believe that God uses fasting and prayer to release ministry. So I, I want to go back to this text and look at what the disciples, look at what Jesus responds to when the disciples are urging Jesus to eat something. In John 4, 34 through 35, it says, Jesus said to him, his response when they're trying to get him to eat is, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do, not, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? But I say to you, lift up your eyes and look, for they are already white for all harvest. Lift up your eyes and look. Um, I feel like the Lord wants me to say to you, to us this morning, that He is calling us to look and to see that the harvest is white. To look and to see that the harvest is white. While the disciples are begging Jesus to eat, Jesus is saying, I have one thing I want to do. Can you look and see that the harvest is white? For many of us, we have, had, we have allowed the disappointment of seasons that we've walked in to weigh so heavy on our lives that it has affected what we see. Our disappointment has been our preeminent vision. And because of that, we're blinded by the things that God wants us to see. We're focused on everything we lost, and Jesus is saying, as they're trying to get him to eat, like, can you imagine? Like, have y'all watched The Chosen? And like, you know, like all, every episode, like all the disciples are trying to figure out how to do, make Jesus' plan better. It's like security guard work and like, oh, you know, we're going to train for, to protect him. And they're always trying to figure out, you know, Jesus like, the disciples are like, Jesus, you need to eat something. I mean, come on, you know, long day. 
And he's like, look and see. And I just know, I, 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 I don't know everything, um, but I've pastored long enough to know that disappointment causes us to see only ourselves. And that's the word I want to tell you. Stop looking at your disappointment. The harvest is white. And you know why that he wants us to see the harvest? Somebody yell it out. Why does he want us to see the harvest? Yes, so we can reap. And do you know what, what the Israelite, you know what the Hebrew community does when the harvest starts coming in? They have a party. They have a festival and they celebrate the, this ingathering, the first fruits. And not only is it something that the Lord receives joy from, but everybody receives joy from. The Lord says to you this morning, the harvest is white. Look at it. Stop looking down. Look at the harvest. Uh, if you've had some significant disappointment in the last uh, five years, stand up. Just stand up. That's most of you. <laughs> Look around. Look around. Look at them. Like, Look at their stories. Think about what they've been through. Are, are you alone in this? Are you alone in disappointment? You're not alone. The Lord says to you, the harvest is white. Okay. So you sit back down. <laughs> That's it. There's no prayer. I just want you to see. This is like most common theme right now. People have experienced disappointment. We're focused on that. We can't see what Jesus is saying us to see. It's telling us to see. And if we will see the harvest, our joy, as John 15 says, when we when fruitfulness is 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 joy, it's it's so that we can experience joy. Um, I started praying. We started praying on Friday nights. We wanted to say the number one prayer we were focused on Friday night for the for this whole month, the last couple of weeks is that the Lord would raise us up as laborers to go into this white harvest. That he would raise us up as laborers to go. Like, there's nothing that'll kick disappointment in the butt, just like having something to do in the harvest, you know? And so just praying that, and I'm just like, and one of the, like, the clear prayers for me is, God, give our community some, like, something that we can rally around together in the way of compassion or mercy that we can enter into. It was one of Julian's words. He said, this is going to be a year you're going to see mercy and miracles. Mercy and miracles. And so I just prayed for that. And I sort of intensely prayed over it for a few days. I called uh, my, my uh, I felt compelled to pray for a friend of ours who um, leads a sex trafficking organization, it's Lindsay Speed. And so I called, I just one day I called her. I was like, hey, just praying for you, letting you know. Um, occasionally, I go in and have prayed with their team, and and so just just was like, hey, we're just praying for you. And she she started to share with me on the on the call something that she was dreaming about that that they 
needed church partnership with to cover and to serve families in our area who've been affected by sex trafficking. Up until this point, they've had virtually no way of volu- you know, volunteers being involved because it's highly, it requires a level of skill and a certain legal things. And I don't want to jump into it too much because we're still exploring it, but like, so, but it was like instantly I started praying, Lord, I pray that you would start opening doors and I, I get a, a, like a really, we get like a really clear opportunity to step into something to cover with love people in our area who are greatly affected by injustice. Are you with me? And so Friday night, I'm like, okay, I have this information. Let's start praying. And so we come into prayer Friday night, and we just start praying that God will open the doors with with these families. Like, okay, there's already something we're kind of praying for. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we just start praying in that prayer time. Lord, open doors. Somebody starts singing about, you know, like we're just open doors. And so we're praying, God, just like you did with Paul when when he was going uh, to a different place, you open specific doors. And so I, I just believe that God will answer this prayer right now. Lord, show us your harvest. Send us into your harvest. And open doors. In fact, I, I want to stop right now and pray, pray for this. The, uh, I'll, I want to say specifically, I want to pray that the Lord will open doors for us to serve the broken in our community. Um, we have we have a potential. It's potential because it's not for sure. Okay, we have a potential opportunity to work with families to cover and serve families who are guardians of a victim of, of trafficking. We don't know if that door will be fully open to us, but it may be. But I want us to pause right now and pray that God will open doors in our community to care for the hurting and. Um, I don't know how we do this. I'm just going to start praying, and I'm just going to ask you to be vocal in prayer with me. Don't be silent in prayer. Um, Lord, I just pray right now, open doors, God. I've been praying it for days now, Lord. Open doors, Lord, that you will cause us to serve. There's many people in this room that had a call as a missionary as a kid. Right now, God, there are people who need your work. They need your love. We don't have to go around the world. They're, they're, They're here. And Lord, I pray for open doors, God. I pray for open doors, God. I pray for open doors. I pray that you will give us opportunity to move with compassion. And I pray that people in this place who have been bound by disappointment would be the very ones who, just like Isaiah 61 says, that you will restore them and make them like oaks planted for righteousness, that they will rebuild ruined cities. God, I pray that the people who walk through disappointment will be the ones rebuilding ruined cities with their coverage and love and prayer over the broken. I pray that you will open the doors. And I pray that you will open the eyes to see your harvest right now. Let's pray this together. Just say, let me see. Let me see your harvest. Okay. Yes, I agree. I, uh, I want to say, um, finish this, this, this other thing that Jesus says. He says, in John four thirty four, he tells him, my food is to do the will who's him who sent me I um, we had an you know Andrew and I did a different extended fast and I, I broke mine recently and and uh, 
you know, we kind of eased back into it. And then, like, I'm going to be honest with you, like, day three, she might have made me some biscuits and gravy. I might have, you know, that would have been, that was the, you know, that was the best biscuits and gravy I think I ever had. And uh, I don't know, some biscuits and gravy fans here. And, yes, praise the Lord. I really thought I was going to get a better response for that, but it's crazy. And then, like, she just kind of arrayed some various, like, things to taste that day. I realized something, though. There were, there were some things um, that I, that I uh, had enjoyed that I had no taste for. It, was, it blew me away. Just things that I had enjoyed that I had no taste for. And the Lord told me, he said, I'm changing your taste. He said, I'm changing your taste. And I want to tell you that this morning. He's changing your taste. You can keep the old taste or you can get the new taste, but I believe that God wants to change our taste. That we taste and see that he's good. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And I think if you let him, you will feast on his work. Uh, I'm gonna... There's different works that Jesus did. did. Jesus... Jesus starts, a lot of times people say, I want to live a life of Jesus all the time. I'm like, well, which life are you talking about? Which part of his life? Because he's been 30 years in relative silence and based on the indication of Scripture, did no miracles. I'm not sure he might have, but it seems to him that he'd begun a miraculous ministry when he started his ministry. And so I want you to see quickly the works that Jesus finished. First of all, Jesus went through a work of preparation. It says that he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man as he grew up. Um, he'd wow them when he was 12, you know, teaching. Um, he then went through a season of preparation where he went out into the wilderness. He was called right before that, so he went through preparation. He went through calling. He went to sending, and then he preached, demonstrated. The part that we know is his ministry. He preached the kingdom, demonstrated the kingdom, healed the sick, cleansed the leper, did all these things. That was a work that he was called to do at that time. And then he did the final work, which we know is a finished work, on the cross, died, raises, and ascends. Um, and so he talks about the finishing of his work, but also Hebrews and other scriptures talk about the work unfinished that is remaining for us to do. But let me tell you, Hebrews 7 tells us he's still doing a work. And it says that he is a high priest, unlike the priest in the Old Covenant, had to go, and every time they would go make a sacrifice or an inquisition or an intercession, they had to make a sacrifice for their own family's sins before they could do anything on behalf of the nation. Hebrews 7 says, we have a faithful priest who does not need any of that. He comes, has seated next to the Father, and this is what he is doing. He is making intercession constantly on your behalf because he does not need to renew any sacrifice. He has finished once and for all the sacrifice to enter into the most holy place and is now seated in perpetual intercession next to the Father. He is doing a work still. And while God will call us to all of the different works, he, he, he will call us to all the different um, works. He'll call us to preaching, to, to praying for people, loving people, being compassionate. 
Um, he's seated next to the right hand of the Father making intercession, and I believe as a community he's calling us to the work of intercession. The intercessor is the one who goes ahead and goes between. There are people that I'm praying for that they will yet, they, it won't, they won't yet experience me telling them something directly about Jesus, or maybe they will a little bit. It won't change their life. But I'm going ahead of them in prayer. And I feel like that the Lord says that he's changing the taste and that you will taste and love the work of God as the feast for your life. That he will love. You can choose to love the taste of the work of God as the feast for your life. And I do believe he is calling us as the church in Acts 13 prayed, interceded, and were released into ministry. He is calling us to that kind of work, but he is also calling us to the work of intercession. And I believe he wants to release it in the body. Can you like feel it even just like when we, when we pray a minute ago? Like there's a work of intercession. And um, I believe that he wants us to see the harvest that's what Jesus says, look and see. And I believe that he wants us to do the work of those who pray and intercede and be go-betweens between heaven and earth. And, um, okay, I'm not going to say any more. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to say any more. Um, I want to wait for a moment and just think, like, how do we want to respond to this time? This is maybe one of those words that is kind of just everybody responds to. Um, um, we'll, just, we'll just, we'll do them both. If, if you want him to help you see the harvest, I just want you to stand real quick. If you want him to help you see, just want you to stand it applies to everybody I'm sorry I'm not it's not the goal everybody um, let's just let's just pray into that just just pray for a moment God help me to see help me to see I want to just tell you what the Lord told me because sometimes I'm self-centered he just said take 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 your eyes off yourself and look at the harvest take your eyes off yourself and look at the harvest the greatest way to move out of selfishness is to move out of self-centeredness. God, I pray that you help us to take our eyes off of ourselves and look at the harvest. I pray right now that there would be a release just as when Acts 13, when the community prayed and fast, you released Paul and Barnabas into greater ministry. Um, I pray that you would release people into greater ministry right now greater ministry right now. But first, let us see. I pray everybody, um, pray you will let us see. And just as an, extend, as an, an extension of that, um, if, you, if, if you can agree with me on the second part of this message, which is, Lord, make us an intercessor, just open your hands and receive intercession as a gift, as a mantle, as a calling. Let's just, let's just open our hands. God, make us, um, we want to participate in the work of Jesus being seated next to the right hand of the Father, making intercession on behalf of others. God, we may we first see and pray before 
and try to be the answer. May we first see and pray. May we first see and pray. And I just, I just saw in my mind's eye, I saw like Hebrew, you know, prayer, you know, like the shawls, the tallits that they wear. I saw them falling from heaven over people in this place. I saw them falling from heaven, just being gifted to people. Just the mantle of intercession, the mantle of intercession, the precious hidden anointing to intercede. God, I pray that you would give us the precious hidden anointing that every vain imagination of our own ego will die in the face of a hidden intercession calling right now in Jesus' name. Every disappointment, everything unrealized, that you would give us the hidden manna, that you would give us the hidden calling to intercede and to pray, and that we would delight, and that you would taste, you would change our taste, God, that you would change our taste right now, that our taste would not be, our taste would not be for crowds, our taste would be for hiddenness, Lord. But as we're hidden, you would bring the crowds, you would bring the multitudes, Lord. I pray that you would raise up intercessors on this morning, on next morning, and next morning, and next morning, and next morning. God, I don't uh, have everything um, that anyone, I, but I, I give you this, God. I give you all that I have just to, to intercede, to know that, that, that you will work through my life as I pray in a hidden way, Lord. And so, Lord, do that right now, God. Do that right now. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this episode from Clearpath Church in Dallas, Texas. If you'd like more info to visit us on a Sunday morning or to subscribe to our newsletter, check us out at www.clearpathdallas.com. Follow us on Instagram at clearpathdallas. Thanks for listening. Can't help.